Hello. Okay. Hello. So anyway, so the title of the show, you know, I was going to call it Oh Dear Boss. What do you think about that title for these little things? I'm rubbish at title. It's not as good as anything. It's just going to be like little, um, little communications, I guess. So, you know. Right. Yeah. So my idea was not to use theme music to introduce it. Just basically start off with like you saying, oh, dear boss. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> me? This is and your then, baby. And then I'll, and I'll say the date. So, so the way it will go, and I could even just record you saying, oh, dear boss, once and just keep using the same snippet each time at the beginning of each show. And we could just start the podcast in the middle of a conversation kind of a thing. So, something along those lines. So, anyway, but the ideally is what I was imagining it is. It would start by you saying, "Oh dear, oh dear, boss," and then I'd say, "You know, Friday the thirty first of July, two thousand fifteen." You know, I'd say the date. Okay. Does that make uh, sense? Sort of, kind of, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Except I don't really like the idea I'm calling you boss, but no. <laughs> Oh, no, the- no, no, it's fine. Okay, so like I need now. See, the problem is going to be like I'm not going to be able to say this at all naturally. It's going to be like no, no. You can totally oh, say it facetiously, or you know, it's oh, supposed dear to. Boss. Well, oh, dear no, boss. not not like you're in a porno <laughs> film or anything, but <laughs> oh dear boss. <laughs> okay, see, this that, is my problem now. I can't think of that, like that, serious. That one thing. actually might work. For Friday, the 31st of July, 2015. Hi, Allie. Hey, Jonathan. What's up? Um, n- not a lot, actually. I'm glad to have you here with me tonight to discuss some of the things that have been going on. You're coming to us all the way from the massive fires out in Montana tonight. Yeah, we're currently staying right outside Glacier National Park where we're spending a month hiking in Montana. So far, I haven't managed to burn the entire park to the ground. Okay, you're still in Glacier Park. They haven't evacuated the area yet. No, they've actually got most of the fire under control currently. It burned about 4,000 acres, um, but uh, there's still quite a bit left yet, unfortunately, that I have to hike. So... (laughs) We're here for another week. So, oh dear boss. Yes. What is this? It's kind of, it was kind of inspired mm-hmm. by uh, some uh, some Facebook ripperologist Facebook posters. Um, Steve uh, Stanley, and amongst others, but Steve Stanley is the most recent example. Uh, whenever someone posts something discouraging or somewhat negative or or a criticism, or or a, or a ripperological happening that might not be, be popular, et cetera, et cetera, you can pretty much guarantee that one ripperologist is going to come along and just post, oh dear, dot, dot, dot. And have you noticed that trend? Yes. it's a, I think it's a uniquely British sort of thing. It's sort of like, I've seen it a lot, yes. Yeah, and I like it. It's it's become one my like one of my most favorite things to see on a, on Facebook is just when I, and it's almost like a drinking game. I don't drink, but you know, if I drank, I would drink every time I saw 
uh, ripperologist just post oh dear on Facebook. So um, so anyway, the most recent example, I really liked uh, that comment, and it was so fitting and everything. So I thought to myself, oh dear, bot. You know, it's a logical you know step from oh dear to oh dear boss so anyway that's the story behind that so um and also i was uh, i had in mind that maybe listeners could come back and comment or question what we happen to say on these little mini podcasts by directing their uh comments or questions to oh dear boss why did ali say that you know why is she so annoying that type of stuff so, so it's going to be a long comment response that you're looking for with all the people pointing out the vastly numerous ways that i am irritating well actually i predict like usual i will get zero feedback for uh any of these shows so i won't say zero we've gotten some nice ones lately but you know typical typical um in typical uh fashion we get very rare very rarely do, does anyone comment. So anyway, so the what Jonathan is saying, people, is he doesn't feel like you're appreciating him. So send in those letters. Exactly, um, and you can email them to Stephen Writers. Oh, no, no, at no, 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 no. Email address <laughs> at casebook.org because he's usually very good about forwarding all of your mail to me. <laughs> um, we should probably just, you know, have like a casebook address case. If they have any questions, they can send it to administrator at casebook.org. Oh, is that an actual email address at mm-hmm. administrator? You have to spell out that entire word. Yep. Administrator at casebook.org. So uh, our first oh dear moment is that um, Jack the Ripper is trending on Facebook. I know. That's very weird. Did you hear? Uh, yeah. And there's a, and it's a hashtag on Twitter that, that doesn't have anything to do with a suspect yet. I have to put an asterisk there because we don't know. It could very well have to do with, you know, George Chapman as Jack the Ripper when, when the, this all comes out of the laundry. But so far, it, it's a really popular topic. Um, that has nothing to do with who Jack the Ripper actually was, which is something unheard of mm-hmm. in, like, my lifetime. So for those of you who've been in Pentonville prison for the last week or are, like, living under a rock, uh, I'll try to summarize in a nutshell what has happened and probably get 90% of it wrong. So... There is a gentleman who, by all accounts, is a highly intelligent, highly educated, very earnest, um, really nice guy who used to be the head of diversity. I'm not sure what his exact title was at Google. And by that, I mean, I believe the British department of google i don't you know when we think of google here in the united states we think of them in california right so so i assume it's uh he was the the diversity chief of google for the uk i don't i don't know he's on linkedin you can look him up i haven't done that yet but anyway so by all accounts uh, he he's on the, the the he makes the lists of the best 
diversity chiefs when they make lists about diversity chiefs, right? I mean, he, he's on the all sorts of lists. He's highly praised, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so he has this idea that he went to the Tower Hamlets Council proposing a women's, uh, Women of the East End Museum. Um, that would cover the match strike girls, the suffragette movement, and all the way through, as far as I know, to their heroic efforts during World War II to keep their community together and their families together. And and it kind of and correct me if I'm wrong, Allie, or if you want to interrupt me here. But that's kind of what my idea of what he proposed to the Tower Hamlets Council was. Four, right? Yeah, there was an application permit that I saw, and of course, with my memory being the absolute fantastically crap item that it is, it was a very long proposal, and there was, you know, basic women's history kinds of stuff that they were planning to highlight in this application for the for the women's museum. I mean it was it was a proper women's museum and it had pictures of women from that time period and and you know stuff like keeping the home front together while, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it was definitely proposed as a women's history museum. And, and so at that point in time now, I am, it's kind of difficult in this news story for me anyway, who, who is, I'm usually at work reading all this stuff and, you know, I can't get caught reading about Jack the Ripper museums at work or anarchist, anarcho-feminist, um, you know, death squads or whatever they call themselves. <coughs> so, uh, apparently, from what I understand, this initial idea of him have of him starting this museum got a lot of popular support in the neighborhood there around Cable Street, right? As far, from what I mean, you understand. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I wasn't, obviously I don't live there, but just from, you know, the, the things people are saying after the fact, which is always a little bit different, they were looking forward to having sort of a cultural sort of undertaking within their community, yes. There was press right. about it, and, you know, some people wrote some stuff up about it and that kind of thing. Right. And so really to just cut to the chase, because everyone who's listening to this will know this already. So the Google guy opens up the Jack the Ripper Museum, and all hell breaks loose. And they're planning a picket, what they're calling, but who knows? Now, in the United States, maybe it's a cultural difference. But a picket, <laughs> and what it looks like, these uh, the uh, East End suffragettes, who are apparently affiliated with all the class war the leftist, um, leftist anarchist group called Class War. I do want to interject right here because I have seen the advertisements. And can I just say, your advertisements truly annoy the absolute piss out of me where it's like, stop profiting off of the murders of working class women. As if it's okay to profit off the murders of upper class women or the murders of lower class women. Or how about we just say, stop, if you're going to like, argue the point that this is wrong let's make it about all murder of women and not limit it to a specific economical social subgroup of working class women that annoys the crap out of me every time i see it and and i'm wondering 
and and I, I because I don't know, so I'm speaking completely out of ignorance here. If the museum was ever intended to be a history of women of the left museum, I would have imagined. Now, labor, you know, of course, is a completely different thing than the, what the left is in the United States. I'm talking about the Labor Party through World War II. But, but I'm saying there's a difference between a history of the women of East End Museum, period, and what the East End suffragettes and the class war anarchist group might have envisioned as a museum that they would find acceptable. You know what I'm saying? It, it's... It, it's is it the working class women of the left? Is, was this was this going to be a? a you, do you see my point? Uh, I, 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 was it going to be skewed socialist or skewed anarchist, or is it just because they were poor and working class from whichever time period, at least from the Jack the Ripper murders up through the present time, this this original idea was going to cover? You know, well, and, and I mean, I think it's what, hard for us as Americans too, because I do know that the whole class warfare thing in England is very different than it is over here, just because they do have that whole thing with sort of inherited titles and inherited nobility, and it's sort of like politically ingrained in their their political spectrum of the toffs versus you know the whatever. So it's hard for us to understand that we do have class warfare here in the states, but it's based purely on who's got the money and who doesn't. It's not based on, you know, sort of that case system of where you were born into society. But I just think that the point of profiting off the murder of women, period. Profiting off the murder of women, period. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay, so all all hell broke loose. The guy, uh, his name's um, Mark Palmer Edgecombe. He has put out a couple of statements basically from only what I've read uh, saying, well, the plans changed as we went further down the road. We decided that Jack the Ripper Museum would be a better way to uh, illustrate the struggle of, I mean, his explanation just doesn't make any sense on everything that I've read so far. And again, I do want to put in here that I have reached out via their contact page and, and whatever to try to speak personally to, um, Mark Palmer at Edgecombe and haven't been able to get him. So at this point I feel free to say whatever I gave him the opportunity. A lot of his stuff is absolute BS down the line, and it drives me crazy that there's no follow-up questions. Like his thing, oh, the signage isn't complete. That it's going to be the Jack the Ripper Museum and the women of the East End. It's like, the signage looks pretty darn complete. Y'all had, like, sheets up covering the space for months, and then all of this went in, and then the sheets came down, and now you're telling us the signage isn't complete, except it looks pretty It opens pretty Tuesday, yeah. doesn't it? And, and I mean, they were selling, like, glasses, shot glasses, beer glasses, uh-huh. every sort of tacky merchandising item with the most ludicrous um, descriptions on them. And they all said, the Jack the Ripper Museum. They have these ready for sale, and they say, the Jack the Ripper Museum. It doesn't say, the Jack the Ripper Museum, 
and the women of the East End. You know, there's absolutely no, uh, there's nothing in the plans to have in the Women's Museum or whatever added to he's it. He's trying to he's, cover yes, his ass. He's completely and... trying to cover his ass. So anyway, that because of that whole, and so the media coverage has been like, how you know, how dare he? Uh, what was first proposed as a tower to the Tower Hamlets Council, and the Tower Hamlets Council has come back with a response, basically saying that they there's really nothing they can do. They can't force the uh, um, the investors of this property into changing what they've gone through with, right? But that seems like there's such a no... cop out. Then why did they have them permit it in the first place? Like if you you know, put in for a permit of something and then you completely do a 180 on what your permit requested for. How can the council come back and say, oh, no, 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 it's out of our Yeah, I don't know. Their response was really kind of vague and and they almost made it sound like they issued construction permits to where they will go and tour the interior and see if he did any unpermitted construction you know, putting in a wall where it wasn't supposed to be or where the Tower uh, Hamlet's Council didn't agree that it was to be. or I mean, that that's the impression I got, is that the only thing they could do is, is nail him on violating certain design ideas insofar as the construction that took place inside the building. So, okay, so I have a question for you, though. Oh, goody. Is there in any circumstance where you would approve of a, muse- a museum of Jack the Ripper? Is there any circumstances under which I would approve a museum for Jack the Ripper? Um, you know, it, it depends. It's hard for me to say because there's a lot of things like, well, you know, and, and first of all, I don't want to get tarred with the um, the hypocrisy brush. In my opinion, there's a difference between a museum. There can be museums on really distasteful right, right, subjects. Right. This, this, the Holocaust. This guy on Cable Street. The guy on Cable Street. Let's make this clear. In my opinion, he this is not a museum. No, it ha- it isn't a museum. There's nothing teaching in it. There's mistakes. There's factual mistakes within what we have already seen of the contents of the museum. He's taking seemingly done intentionally blood smeared glasses, shot glasses, and putting a killer's on them and going. We don't know if Jack. This is like literal, like transcriptions of what was merchandised on their website, and I, I'm, not, I'm not quoting this exactly, but it was stuff to the effect of Jack sure would have loved a shot glass this nice to drink his shots from. It, honestly, I wanted to punch their copywriter in the face after reading that. I mean, these were literal like things that they were trying to to sell. Um, so. It, you know, there can be exhibits. You can say the conferences are basically sort of museum-esque where we exhibit stuff that, um, well, in the past when they were, you know, decent conferences, uh, you know, where, where things are on display and, and things. So, yes, I could actually see a quote-unquote Jack the Ripper um, but I can't see it being called the Jack the Ripper Museum because, A, that's just a misleading title. Uh, B, uh, I could see an exhibit, not an actual museum, if that makes any kind of sense. Like, I know that's a really weird distinction to make, but it's a piece of history. It absolutely is. But on its own, 
it, it, it's we don't have I mean, if we it's hard. I've been to the Anne Frank Museum. What am I going to say? That was an, an atrocity and a tragedy and a, and, a, and a horrible thing. I've been to Auschwitz. It, so it's not like but when you go there, you feel like you learn something. You actually get a sense of what Anne Frank actually went through and what she actually experienced living in that house hidden behind the wardrobe or the, the book. Right. So, well, so what I'm thinking is, um, have you been to the six floor exhibit in Dealey Plaza in Dallas? I have not. I've tried to avoid Texas just as a matter of principle. Well, if you ever get abducted and wind up in Dow- downtown Dallas, go to the six floor exhibit that they've, they've, converted the entire sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository into a museum, um, uh, of course, uh, about the Kennedy assassination. And what, and now it's been over 20 years since I've been. So, but when I went, what it was like is, is that you walk in and it, it's a timeline of the events of President Kennedy's trip to Dallas at Fort Worth and then Dallas. And so you go through his, his two day visit to Texas and it has, and, and you read about him landing in love field. You watch news clips, you go on and you go on and you go on and around the corner and, and it, and it from entrance to exit, it's done chronologically until you get, you know, and then eventually you get to the assassination where they play the Zapruder film. You see the uh, recreation of the sniper's nest where a gunman uh, might have been positioned in um, the corner window of that floor. And, and, and then, you know, and then you're out the door. Mm-hmm. And so taking that kind of idea... Um, which is about a morbid event in our nation's history um, that they've managed to make a pretty highly profitable museum on. Not that it would translate financially at Jack the Ripper Museum in the UK, but okay, so just hypothetically, what if someone like Begg and Bennett curated a museum that sat on Mitre Square and it would tell the entire story of the Whitechapel murders from beginning to end. And, you know, ev- you know, this is totally hypothetical, but, you know, you could get into having Rumbelow's knife there, the Maybrick diary, um, the Dear Boss letter, things like that. Until when you exit the museum, you're, you're standing at Ripper's Corner and you can see the actual spot where Catherine Eddowes was murdered. It would be done tastefully. It would be educational. It wouldn't be exploitive of the victims. If Begg and Bennett, if Paul Begg and John Bennett did it, it wouldn't be called the Jack the Ripper Museum. It would probably... It would be the Whitechapel Murders Museum. Or the East End Experience Museum, or just, you know, something right, that's... but you get my drift, yeah. is that... Is that it's how a subject... If, it, if we're talking about a distasteful subject to begin with, you have to approach it completely tastefully. And you have to approach it with an idea of actually educating, as opposed to just sensationalizing, you know? And Beg and Bennett... They could pull it off. 
because right. they care about the subject and the lives of the women enough that, you know, they would not be having blood-soaked shot glasses for sale for right. $9.99. So you and can so, have a shot so like the, Jack would. So, and so the argument uh, against the Jack the Ripper Museum on Cable Street I, almost when you read the the press makes the just the mere suggestion that they would make a museum about Jack the Ripper highly offensive and degrading to the victims. Well, I think and I, part and of I'm it saying is- that that's not that that's not the case. It's how it, it's it's not that the I it's in my opinion a Jack the Ripper museum could work. The pre- the, all the press you're reading is is insinuating that just the even the idea of such a thing is distasteful and horrible. Well, it's not just the idea. It's how he absolutely went about doing this. This is like the worst bait and switch ever. This is this is I, I use this analogy somewhere else, but it's basically as if someone promised to open up an African American museum or a black history museum uh, and then opened up a museum about the KKK instead and said, yeah, this is black history. This is what matters about black history. When these people went out and lynched the black people, that's basically the equivalent of what has been done here as far as bait and switching goes. You took something that was supposed to celebrate a culture or a group of people and made it about the people who brutalized and killed them instead of what you promised you were going to be celebrating it's so completely tasteless and so completely offensive to what people were expecting this to be that i think the actual shock of it has sort of just thrown people into an uproar whereas if this had been originally promoted as a jack the ripper museum yeah people would still be like this is tacky this is tasteless this has no place in our neighborhood but they wouldn't be experiencing the absolute like brain freeze shock of who has the absolute gall to propose a museum celebrating women that instead celebrates the man who killed them that I think is where, where this actual outrage is coming from more so than if he had just said, I'm opening a Jack the Ripper museum. This is what it's going to be. And here we go. Russell Edwards, he had a Jack the Ripper shop in the East end. It's not like this is unprecedented in the history of the East end of something being dedicated to Jack the Ripper. I think it was just the absolute conflict between what was promised and what was delivered that has really risen this to an absolute fur of you have got to be kidding but but what what i think is occurring since it's gone viral is that there are a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon who just find this the simple just just the basic idea of having any interest in Jack the Ripper whatsoever, degrading and offensive. Well, people are going to find all sorts of things degrading and offensive, and people are going to take exception to all sorts of things, and that's what bandwagons are for. It doesn't really matter what... Somebody's going to find a bandwagon. I mean, everybody's going to have a thing to be outraged. So the outrage... so, so, So the outrage, while... The, this is the kind of a, the, a fear that I'm sensing. Hopefully it dies down in the next few days. 
but there, I think that some people are afraid that the the level of outrage that's occurring. All, when we, as ripperologists, quote unquote, um, find it healthy to be directing it towards this Edgecombe guy, and and are in total agreement that this uh, museum, quote unquote, is uh, you know a pile of shit. When we 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 are we're afraid that you know it, it's it's going to the outrage will will be. Uh, um, you know, there, there, spillover effect. You're, you're worried there's going to be a spillover effect, but yeah, that'll have tentacles that'll reach itself out into other aspects of ripperology, like the tours, most, more, most specifically. I think the tours are the only thing that are in genuine danger of absolutely being affected. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, there's too many of them to begin with. They're, you know, and, and like John Bennett, Phil, those people, they run good, clean tours. There are other tours that, you right, know. Right, but they're not going to discriminate. They, they're not going to know. Exactly. You know, oh, right. we'll, we'll screw with everybody's tour but Discovery Tours. Right. And and, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I do think that, that, that some of the quality tours are might get swept up in the backlash of this, which would be a shame because, you know, my mother, she's 70-something years old, and the last time we were in London, she said, oh, you know, I'll take a tour because she, and I was like, well, i got to make sure, you know, i got to make sure John Bennett or Philip Hutchinson is available before I book you right. on a tour. But, um, but, uh, so there, there, it'll be a shame, but I think that's where the, this could actually impact the tour guide business more than any other industry. I mean, it's not going to affect ripperologists. It's not going to affect, uh, Whitechapel society. You know, it's not going to affect the websites. What, what, if there is a backlash, it's going to be against the tour groups because they're the most visible, the most visible face of Jack the Ripper amongst the street and the community. And they're going to be the one who are going to feel the backlash if there is any. So, Oh dear boss. Oh dear boss. Indeed. This is what happens when one person puts his head up his butt and doesn't think about the consequences of his actions. So what do you predict happens to this museum that, that it shuts down within the week? I think, no. I think that the publicity is going to be amazing for it in the short term. It's going to have all of the people who are absolutely interested in the drama and the gore and the I'm going to be rebellious and support something just because all these people are against it. And those groups are going to flock in the initial short term. It's going to be um, a fairly successful venture and then it'll fade away quietly over time. It doesn't have anything to support itself. It's not in the right location. It has his own personal money. You know, I mean, he is flush with cash. And he, he when he, you know, he buys Watkins truncheon just by pulling out his pocket change, most likely. So I don't know if it could go under financially. Maybe he'll just get bored with it. I don't think he, I mean, I think you, you know... I believe there's some research currently being done into uh, all the people involved with uh, this enterprise, uh, which I won't go into because it's not my research. It's not my, um, it's, you know, 
leave that alone, you know, but I, I don't think people are going to, unless they're using this purely as a tax write-off and they want it to be a huge loss for them, I don't think they'll support a failing enterprise, no matter how, you know, even if you can spend $50,000 once on a truncheon, you may not be able to keep pouring money like that into real estate in, in uh, London if it's not giving you the return you need. And, you know, I haven't, the, the website has undergone so many quick revisions over the last few uh, days where they've taken down the links to the shop and they've taken down the links to uh, so many stuff. Like, so is it a museum? Do they actually, like, charge you money to go into the museum? If it's not, is it just a shop? Like, these are things I actually, uh, you know, what, what did they think to charge to, to, to enter the Jack the Ripper Museum? Like, how much did they think was a reasonable fee to, to go in and see, basically, from what I understand, a lot of misleading artifacts and a recreation of Mary Kelly's room? Right. So I won't be going to it. That's about all I can say at this point. Not so much because, you know, I find the subject matter distasteful as I just find their execution distasteful. That was not an intended pun. Right. So. uh, Maybe in the end he's a collector and this is just how he wanted to display his collection. Uh, We know collectors in the field. I'm not, I don't have that collector bug. Um, But I mean, maybe this is right down to, he want he had his collection and he wanted to show it off or something. I don't know. But is this the only thing that he owns? I, I or no I clue. Mean, I mean, he has Lizzie Williams up as Mary Kelly, and he has a blue one of those historical marker plaques to George Chapman on the front of his building. He has a historical marker plaque to a serial wife poisoner. On the front of his building, next to <laughs> but it's a blue plaque of for Elizabeth Stride. It celebrates women having a plaque to a serial wife killer. Celebrates women, Jonathan. Don't you see? <sighs> okay. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about? Um. What else is we happening? Can, um, I wonder how the the launch for the police code book went tonight. That's happening tonight on the other side of the world. I guess it already uh, ended. From Facebook, it looks to have been a great success. I'm just seeing photographs of uh, the tour that Richard Jones gave to all of the locations. For people who don't know, Neil Bell and Adam Wood have gone in on a joint enterprise to uh, re- uh, publish the police code manual from 1889 and uh, they will be donating the original book proceeds of it went to charity and so they are recreating that and donating uh, a matching percentage of the the profits to charity so if you haven't gotten your copy yet yeah the city police orphan fund is the charity that they're donating a percentage of their we'll have them on um, a regular podcast to talk about it, but that's uh, published by Mango Books, which is a brand new imprint we're all excited about that has taken over the publishing of Ripperologist magazine. Uh, published, uh, like we said, just released today, Sir Howard Vincent's Police Code 1889. And we'll soon be publishing uh, John Bennett's new book about uh, crayology, The Craze. So that's, I yeah, believe, coming out in October. East End Gangsters. The craze and uh, Adam Woods written a biography of Swanson that's coming out 
on Mango Books. They're republishing Kate Clark's In the Interests of Science, Adelie Bartlett and the Pimlico Poisoning is another one coming out from Mango Books. Yeah, so it sounds like it's going to be a really interesting enterprise. Yes, I agree. We're all we gotta, very excited about that. We gotta, yeah, you sounded thrilled. we got to get Adam on and uh, get Neil on at least to discuss the police code, so we'll have to schedule that in. Oh, dear boss, what next, Allie? What next? Well, I plan to finally solve the mystery of Jack the Ripper and publish my novel, which will be made into a blockbuster best-selling movie so that I can have a whole bunch of people on Twitter attack me for profiting off the murder of women. That's my current plan. That's cool. Could I, like, be a key grip or something? I'll let you be the water boy. You can bring me snacks and keep me hydrated. That'll be wonderful. (laughs) Speaking of Mango Books and Ripperologist Magazine, uh, they... We, we've partnered up with Ripperologist. And, and speaking of um, books that solve mysteries, that Allie is in the process of writing hers, uh, Win Weston Davies has written a book about a great aunt of his named Elizabeth Davies. And he is suggesting, I don't think he's coming right out and saying it, but he, he is strongly suggesting that this uh, individual is Mary Jane Kelly. And so Blake Publishing are just the best bunch outside of Mango Books. You know, they're probably one of the best publishers I could ever imagine because they've been very generous to Rippercast and Ripperologist Magazine by giving us just a heap ton of free copies of Win Weston Davies' book to give away. So, I need one of them. You have to be a member of the press to uh, uh, be, have one. Anyway, uh, Blink Publishing, which is the publisher of Win Weston Davies' new book about the real Mary Kelly, have been gracious enough to give Rippercast, being what they consider a media outlet. Uh, and Ripperologist magazine, and they consider Ripperologist a media outlet as well, free copies of the book. So we've kind of thrown our lots in together, are holding a contest to win a free copy of the book, which is a pretty cool thing for Rippercast, I think. Don't you think, Alan? Yeah, I think that is very cool. We're now legitimate. <laughs> so the only... The only condition is that you subscribe to Ripperologist Magazine, which is free. Because what will occur is that uh, the magazine will send out a question to all of its subscribers. And if you answer the question correctly, the first X number of people who answer the question correctly will get a free copy of the book. So, And I just want to say I have not been pre-told what this question will be. This is strictly between Jonathan and oh, Adam Wood, I so I am I, I still I planning know, to enter this contest. I don't know what the question was going to be. I can, I can tell you what my question was going to be until Adam I was totally it planning to like butter you up <laughs> to sneak the answer so I could get me a free copy of I this book. I have no idea what the question is going to be, but I don't care because I won't have to enter. <laughs> 
See, taking all the media swag, Jonathan. I, I have making us I have, work uh, for it. I have enough copies of the book in my closet as we speak. So, um, no, uh, yeah, I, I'll admit that I came up with a question um, that I posed to Adam Wood that might be a good one to ask, and he came back and told me it was way too hard. No way. That's what you get for being obscure. Yeah. So, so my my question got shot down. So, um, so it might just be an easier question than what I had proposed. So, so any who, um, that, that is something to look forward to. You need to subscribe to Ripperologist magazine by emailing contact at ripperologist.biz and simply say, please add me to your Ripperologist magazine mailing list. I love you guys. I can't wait to get the new issue. Cheers. And tell them that the Rippercast sent you. Tell them that the Rippercast sent you. You won't get anything in return except for a free copy of Ripperologist. And, and Jonathan needs to know that you're out there and you're listening and you're appreciating. <laughs> That's right. Um, because it's listener support that keeps this show going. And... And I'm not actually being facetious or flippant when I say no. that. Um, because it truly is. Um, so, anyhow. And if you have any suggestions for the show or topics uh, you would like to hear discussed, send them to administrator at casebook.org. Yeah, and you can title it, um, you can title it, Oh Dear Boss. I have something that I would like to add to your discussion about the Jack the Ripper Museum on Cable Street or Oh Dear Boss I Can't Figure Out How to Subscribe to Ripperologist or Oh Dear Boss and just basically ask us any questions and we'll read your question on the air and we'll um, take listener questions for our next episode of Oh Dear Boss which will probably be maybe in about a week or two, depending on our schedules. But hopefully this will be a regular thing with guests, um, if they so choose to join us. So so that's all about it, right? That's it for me. All right. And that's it for me, too. So we hope you enjoyed it. And stay tuned. Bye.
So oh. 